stay open to opportunities. Um, you know, the reality of like, you can be the greatest artist in the world, but if you if you create what just in your studio and the world doesn't get a chance to, to experience that or, or interact with you, the chances of you being successful are really slim to none, right? Because relationships, they run the world, right? If you believe we can change the narrative, if you believe we can change our communities, if you believe we can change the outcomes, then we can change the world. I'm Rob Richardson. Welcome to Disruption Now. Welcome to Disruption Now. I'm your host and moderator, Rob Richardson. With me is uh, artist G. Horton. Uh, and it's, it's a pleasure to have him on. We want to just talk about his journey, about how he moved from corporate to art and, 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 and focused on a corporate career and decided to take a huge leap of faith to go out and be an artist. G, how you doing? I'm doing great, brother. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, man. So, yeah, I forgot. Are you married? I am. You're married. Two kids. I, I, okay. Yeah. Cur- I, I am curious to see how this conversation went. Okay. You said, Baby, I, have, I, I want to tell you. The, the word God spoke to me, the spirits moved me, whatever he told her would happen, right? That this is what I need to do. I want to step out, leave my corporate job and be an artist. How'd that conversation go? Well, it was really my wife who said it. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, right. honestly, honestly, man, like, um, you know, I, I, I tend to, uh, I, I see the best in others sometimes. And sometimes it's hard to see the greatness in myself, mm. uh, myself. And, and it takes people around you to really remind you of what you're capable of. And my wife, she was one of them. And, uh, and when, you know, when the pandemic happened and it was that window to really explore what life could look like with me going into this space, she was leading the charge. She was like, yo, you need to do this. Yeah. And, uh, and, and yeah, and here we are. <laughs> you know, I, I got some, uh, I'm married too now, just recently, actually, I got, got married, uh, over uh, over uh, Christmas Eve, I, when I went through like a, a trying period with my love life in general, I, I recently got a divorce, and just things were just I was just in a I was just in a funk, and just a lot of things were happening, right? And the best advice I got when it came to a uh, a relationship, uh, I I asked this is uh, a president of a black university. I can't remember the the brother's name, but I remember his advice. I asked him like, how, how, how did you know that it was right with your wife and that it, that it, uh, how'd you know it might work out? He said, well, it wasn't necessarily because you know, I had this hot and heavy feeling forever and that I just knew because of all this passion. I'm not saying that wasn't the case that many times, <laughs> but the real thing was, cause you know, that, that stuff, if we're honest about men, if it's, if it's just pure quote unquote passion or lust, you can, can always find a bigger butt. You can always find oh, a. For sure. You can always find whatever. I mean, for it's sure. there. If if that yeah. is your only pursuit, that's what it is. Yeah. But he said yeah. this, and it really stuck with me. He said, "Look, um, I like who I am when I'm in her presence." Mm. Right. Mm. It was really that simple, and I thought it was really profound. It's like yeah. if you're around somebody who you guys are headed the same direction, and you really like who you are when you're in their presence, you 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 got a you got a winner because. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, a lot of other things. Most most of those other things really don't matter. So the fact sure. you had your wife yeah. there encourage you says a lot. And then also too to add to that, I think you know the ability to see yourself through someone, right? And yep. when you can do that, like they can see you in ways you may not see yourself. Um, and my wife, she comes from an entrepreneurial background with her family. Her dad was a major entrepreneur, so it was just like she grew up seeing this, right? Right. Where I, I didn't, you know, I grew up in. Um, 
I grew up in the slums of Louisville, Kentucky, in the western of Louisville, Kentucky. So being an entrepreneur is like not even thought of, right? It's right. We wake up and we working for other people until it's time to retire and whatever that looks like. So it was really hard, just like, yo, we can do this and really identifying like my gift and uh and allowing me to have a space where I can really build it, build it, yeah, and, and grow on it. So yeah. But I think like you have to have those things in place, man. You have to have a team. You have you to have a team who can see you like, you know, LeBron couldn't win all them rings by himself. Jordan no. couldn't, Kobe. Like, you have to have a, a sharpshooter in the corner ready to knock down a three. You have to have somebody to get a put back and kick it down. Like, you have to have all of these different players in place in order to make uh, a championship team, uh, but also make a championship player. So, yeah, that's how I look at it. So, let, so speaking about that on the art end, I see a lot of artists struggle with the path of how do I move my art in, in terms of the business side of it? Right. it because it's they go through the struggle of, okay, well, I, do I make art to fit a certain demographic? Do right. I, how do I put it out there? How do I right. do the marketing? Or, or I just want to focus on my art and not worry about the selling it, which is crazy because you still got to eat. What advice would you give yourself now or would you give others as they're kind of starting off uh, about approaching the art of business, going about this in a way to set yourself up or to have, uh, to, to give yourself an opportunity to be scalable and, and successful like what advice would you give other artists what advice might you give yourself now that you've been through the rough part of the experience and you you had these learning lessons right well i'm gonna give the advice first and then i'm gonna wrap it into my story so first okay. first two two uh important pieces is one to one stay open you got to be open you got to be creative as an artist you got to like stay open to opportunities um, you know, the reality of like, you can be the greatest artist in the world, but if you, if you create what just in your studio and the world doesn't get a chance to, to experience that, uh, interact with you, the chances of you being successful are really slim to none, right? Because relationships, they run the world, right? Um, there's an incredible article that I read and it talked about Paris in the height of his day and how it was the mecca for art and artists. And it was this hub where all of these creatives, they dwelled and they played and they created, um, and some of them were not the quote unquote best of the best artists, but they had a, a vast variety of networks and contacts and individuals who can consume their work. Um, and that in the way we view success was a direct correlation to what success looked like. So I say that to say that networking is important. Get yourself out there as an artist. Don't just to create and expect to, you know, um, become this incredible artist, you have to like, you have to get out there and, and essentially do some business development. So that's number one. Uh, number two, I would also say, uh, and this has been critical for me, is find a mentor. And the mentor doesn't necessarily have to be a, an artist, but a mentor is someone who understands, he or she understands business and can uh, really allow you to look at um, your value proposition and get you in a position where you can show up in the world and ready to uh, offer something that is tangible and something that can be commoditized. And I hate to use that word when we talk about art, but really allow yourself to connect with someone who can who can see angles that you cannot see. So those are the two important elements of advice I would give. I think my story though is it's not traditional in the sense that, you know, I didn't go to art school. I, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't follow the rules, right? Um, right. 
I've been I've been doing business development for the last three years. So my 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 I'm I'm showing up in spaces more as a business as a business person who is so happens to be an artist. And I say that for me has has given me a level of leverage that not every artist may have access to, you know, yeah. being in a room with decision makers and being able to to know then emotional intelligence on what what needs to be said or what needs to be done or how meetings need to be conducted in order to get that initial meeting to the second meeting, to get the second meeting to a place where we can draft up a proposal and we can like close right. out like all of those different intangibles. I think I've not, I think I, I've learned being in, in the business environment. Um, so I think it, it has really, it, it's, it's given me a leg up or competitive advantage, if you will, but also too like, I mean, I've been connecting with influential people for the last couple of years. So right. when I make the pivot from going from Gary Horton to G Horton, that credibility and the relationship piece is already there. And it's really more like, okay, how can we work together? How can I help you with what you're doing? So it's been an interesting time, man. And I'm, I'm really fortunate and blessed to be in the space that I'm in right now. Yeah. I have a, a similar story in terms of, you know, what I'm, I'm what I'm doing. I'm very new to entrepreneurship New really to all of this. And uh, my, my former career was as an attorney and then I was very concentrated in public service and I saw my path as being whatever mayor, governor. And I'm like, OK. And then I ran for statewide office, um, did very well, but didn't. This is Ohio. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's just it is what it is, even though I got over two million votes. Uh, it was a, a very heavy Trump country. And I'm not yeah. kind of, uh, that, that's not where I was aiming. Not right. the important part of this conversation. The important part of this conversation is similar to you. I, I had to pivot, but I was already building relationships prior to what I did. So it's very important, as you said, to be intentional about building relationships, build relationships before you need something in the relationship, if you can, yep. and, and do something of value. Um, and also recognize that you can be an artist and still figure out a way to scale your business. Because I know, you know, specifically in the black community, some there's been this I think um, wrongly associated philosophy that if you're chasing money um, for your art or just for yourself personally, then there's something like wrong about that, or you're being right. selfish right. Or, right. or, or everything is transactional. I tell people like this though. I look at it like this, Dr. Martin Luther King, uh, if you didn't, you wouldn't have known the greatness of his words had he not been on the right platform. And in order for him to get on the right platform, they raised money. Like you have to have, you can't do things without some money, some foundation. I'm not saying that's your only why. That's not that's not your reason for um, for doing everything that you do. But the reality is that unless you have a plan to figure out how you get your 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 voice out, how you get your art out, uh, it's not going to work. And you need you need money and or relationships to do these things. There's, there's no other way. Hey, listen, man, if my wife didn't know, if she didn't believe that I was able to secure the bag, we wouldn't be having this conversation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, real quick, before I touch on that, I want to go back to like uh, the the advice piece you, you sure. mentioned. And I have a third one. Um, and this is just for artists. You know, this is particularly for an artist. If you're if you're an artist and you're working in the corporate space or maybe you're working this job that you're not too happy about and you feel like you could be you know, you could be doing art making full time. My best uh, piece of advice is this. Just know that nothing is ever wasted. Right. Those experiences are never wasted. Right. And I think it's more of a mentality shift of like looking at the looking at 
the situation or the condition that you're in and saying, okay, how can I maximize from this? That's a great point. I mean, I I was, even before I was working in the, in the corporate space, man, I was coaching division one basketball, women's basketball. I was coaching at Xavier. And I was like, at at one point I was really unhappy. um, But I knew it wasn't like the, the end of the road, man. So I was really, it was then I had to ask myself, okay, what can I take from this experience to put me in a position where I can, get access to the next opportunity. Right. And it's just been that same mentality. You know, when I went to this corporate space, I, I, I was there enough and I made a decision. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be here forever. How can I learn? And how can I just embrace this mindset that this experience isn't wasted um, to help me, you know, down the road. So nothing is ever wasted. That's the third piece. But going back to the whole money piece, man, it's important. Uh, before before you go on that, uh, yeah. get to the money piece in a second. But I I, I want to just interject for a second. When you think about nothing's nothing's ever wasted, I mean I've had that experience in life too. Like there are so many. Like I, I hated my first like working at a corporate firm was. Mm. I'd rather do anything else. Like I'd rather watch paint dry and right. <laughs> just for the next two hours than to right. go figure out how I'm going to build corporate clients. Look, not right. for me. Right. Um, I thought I could. I thought I could like it because the checks were good, but it, yeah, yeah. it didn't. It didn't move me, and I right. hated going to work. I mean, <laughs> hated it. I mean, so. Right. But I still gain knowledge from that from that experience. I still use a lot of what I learned. Uh, I'm not technically engineer now, but I, I got a background engineering. I use those problem solving. So you're so right to make sure that whatever wherever you're at in your life, just uh, absorb as much as you can, build the relationships, uh, because you never know how that can be applied in the future. Cause life often only makes sense looking backwards. Like I can see a lot of things now uh, that I did in the past that helped me uh, right now, but I would have never understood that at that point in my life. So you got to just, it's part of like trusting the process right. and embracing the process as you go along and know that, you know, it, it, there, there will be something that will align for you, but you can't, you can't, you can't just tap out in this moment and just give well, up. Yeah. You can't become a victim to the condition. There you go. You know what I'm saying? Like we look at the situation that we end up in, like the crazy thing about it is like, you know, I always, I always remind myself, like whatever, whatever job I was in before I was in that job, whether it's corporate or whether it's coaching, I will always say to myself, like, like, yo, I busted my butt to get this job. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's always like, we always like, when we go through the interview, we're praying that we get the job or, you know, and when we get the job, then it's just like, oh shit, I'm ready to go do something else. So it's like, yeah. The conditions are always shifting, man, but you cannot become a victim of the conditional situations that you're in. It's just really like looking at them, assessing them and figuring out how to level up to get to the next one. You know, I agree. Speaking on that. So what would you say about it? Was there a time when you were on a path of something that you really cared about and and you failed? Yeah. And you failed in a way that you didn't expect or you just failed. Can you think about a time like that and how that might have actually set you up for better success now as an artist or just as a person? Yeah, man. So I'm gonna go back to my coaching days. I was really good as a, as a, as an assistant basketball coach. I was good on the floor with players. I know how to develop and motivate players and get the best of them, best out of them. But I was really good at recruiting. I knew how to get a kid on the phone and get him excited about playing college basketball, which, and it didn't matter which logo was on my shirt, whether it was Furman, right. Uville, Xavier, it didn't matter. It was just like that relationship piece. And I remember the situation I was recruiting a kid. She was based out of Nashville. She was like a top 100 kid. Yeah. And, um, and I was like putting my work in, man. And, uh, 
and you know, there's a couple of things that happened. Like we were getting close towards, you know, decision making process. That 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 moment where she makes a decision whether she's gonna come to the school. Yeah. Where she wears the hat, say, I'm coming here or going there. Yep. And you know, my coach knew that we had the kid. My AD knew that we had the kid. And this would have been like she was considered a program changer. And uh and she backfired at the last, the last hour. Mm. And that was honestly. For me, I looked at it as like a failure because I had made a promise to myself and then also to my coach and everybody else. Like, we're going to get this kid like she's going to be wearing the shirt, you know, Um, but she didn't come through. And for me, it was really it was a moment where I had to, like, stop. Right. And really look at the dynamic of of that industry, which really um, I internalized that failure as if it was my fault. Right. It was more like maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe the program ain't good enough. Yeah. And the reality is, like, in an industry like that, people are you, you are in a business where uh, it's it's really all about people and the decisions they make can really decide if you're successful or unsu- yeah. unsuccessful. And it was that moment when I was like, you know what? It was at that moment when that when that happened, <laughs> I quickly. Uh, I quickly got depressed. It yeah, was like, I, I, I understand. I got depressed, man. I mean, I've lost so, two elections. I understand. Okay. <laughs> right. So, right. Right. Yeah. And you working, you know, you working, you doing campaigns, like you, you know, you, you doing the thing. And I was in so many ways doing it as well, but um, man, I, I hit a low and what happened was I needed an outlet because I was becoming depressed. And that's when I picked up a paintbrush. Yeah. And, and it was at that moment I realized that, Art is a art is a space where it's all dependent on me. It's yeah. all about whether how I show up. You know, I'm not asking anybody to paint for me. I'm not asking anybody to. You know, it's really, um, it's really all based on my performance. It's really performance based. And I know I said it earlier. You know, it allowed me to be selfish, and that was a that was a big learning learning lesson for me. Is like don't take it personal. Yeah. And uh and keep keep searching and stay open. And if I didn't do that, who knows where, where this conversation would be. I mean, I have I have so much so much overlapping similar lessons in my life. And I really started this podcast and platform initially to be really honest as a as just therapy. I'm like, all right, I need to do something to right. get my voice out because it's not gonna be this right now. I don't this is not that's not what it's gonna be. So let me let me let me focus on doing something where I can get my voice out, empower people, inspire people and 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 inspire myself too, and, and figure out a way forward and just to do something. Right. And I mean, it's led to a lot more opportunities, uh, mm-hmm. but it's you really do have to pivot from that moment and you can't allow yourself to stay there. That's one. Two, I do think there's also this emotional intelligence that we have to learn right. this, this emotional intelligence muscle we have to develop. And understand that, you know, in your situation, people can ghost you. In my situation, people are not always going to vote for you. And you, you can only do so much. Right. Uh, and you can't really, not really, you can't control other people's decisions at all. So right. w- what you can do is speak to your true self, yeah. be your true self, uh, know why you're doing things. And make sure, as you say, it's ultimately, though you're, though you're doing your art for you personally, you don't take it personal when people right. don't like your art or reject you. Because that's got nothing to do with you. It's them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It ain't for everybody. You know what no, I mean? No, it's not. 
Yeah, and that's that's like, a hard it, lesson to learn because we 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 want to. We all have egos. We take it personally when we fail. But if you can learn that emotional response to not take it personally, right. and then actually figure out what you can learn from the situation. I've had people sure. tell me they were going to do something and they don't do it. Happens more often than not, really. <laughs> so I kind of like, yeah. but if you get it to the point, if you get too jaded, then you can't uh, work with people. If you just become defeated, then you won't be able to work yourself. So you're totally right. If you become a victim to the condition. <laughs> if you become a victim to the condition. That is exactly yeah. right. So uh, I have a couple of rapid fire questions I like to okay. ask people. Let's too. get it. Uh, what's an important truth or conviction you have that very few people might agree with you on? Um, let me get that again. <laughs> it's not sure. that right. Sure. Okay. What's an important truth or conviction you have that a lot of people might disagree with you on? The black and brown people are by far one of the most incredible and most beautiful uh, species on the planet. All right. Well, I agree with you on that. So <clears throat> you have a committee of three advising you on life, business, art, whatever. Who are those three people and why? Woo. Oh, man. Uh, geez. Nipsey, just because. <laughs> uh, a good one. He has a street, that street like persona that I, I come from that. And, and it reminds me of how you can still get it and not lose sight of where you come from. Yeah. So that's one. Um, that's a good one. Uh, geez, business. Uh, don't have to be business. It can be life, whatever. Art, whatever you want. Um, they can be living or dead. Well, obviously, you okay. have one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Nipsey, so you got that. So, but Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's get, all right, I'm gonna go with Basquiat, man. Okay. Basquiat, because, I mean, he was a New York-based self-trained artist who just really, like, he exploded the industry in terms of contemporary art, and he didn't play by the rules. And his fearlessness- He was a disruptor. Was, I like it. Yeah, he was a disruptor, and his fearlessness is one that, that, um, that I admire. Third is, uh, Toni Morrison. Okay. Toni, okay, that's Toni your third. Morrison. Yeah, you guys three, go ahead. Toni Morrison, go. Toni Morrison, because she was just- she is the epitome of what of what black excellence looks like to me as an artist, but someone Absolutely. who really she really created artwork unapologetically for us and didn't create work that was really filtered through um, this this term that she identified as as a white gaze. And it's not a, nothing against white or black. It's just really like you know um, Eurocentricity dictates so much of, of, of the Black experience, and she was so animate about creating work that was unfiltered, and it was it was unapologetically Black, and that's a model that I, I try to live by and, and uh, artistic stance that I try to stand on when I'm creating work or when I'm even considering creating work. And then the last one is Muhammad Ali. I'm a Louisville guy. Muhammad yeah. Ali. Uh, yeah. Like, man, like, say no more about that one. Yeah, you don't have to say much. All right, final question. Okay. You have a, a billboard or a Google ad that is a saying for your life. What does that say and why? Oh, geez. Uh, damn, these are tough questions, Rob. Um, life is good. All right. Life is good because it is. And I think for me, life is good is because it's all perception based. Yeah. You know, and sometimes when, and for me, when life isn't, Feeling like it's good, I have to remind myself that it really is good. Yeah, it really is good. Like based on like we could, we were we were fortunate enough to be born in a place in a time where you can go get it if you really need to, right? Yep. Um, not everybody has those same privileges, man. And although you know 
black and brown people in America are still fighting for equality. We still have um, some privileges that allows us to go out and go get it. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and life is good because of that. Among absolutely. Yeah. Look, there's no <clears throat> better time to be born a black and brown person than 2021. I mean, right. Talk to some of our ancestors in 1951 and see what they would think about our, our current situation. Is right, not that it's sure. not that it's easy. We're not not that we have beaten racism. Not that we don't fight it. Obviously, anybody who listens to this show knows right. where I stand on that. At the same time, though, right? We have to understand the progress we made and the opportunities we have in this moment, and we're still going to have to fight for it. We're going to have to still fight for uh, not only equality, but now it's time to fight for equity, and we're doing That's that across point. the board in art entrepreneurs, people like yourself, G. Horton, proud of what you're doing. Thank you, uh, brother. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And as always, uh, keep, keep disrupting, brother. Appreciate it. Likewise. Thank you.